Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today we're going to look at how we can take control of our thoughts. When it comes to navigating through each day, navigating through healing, working on relationships, there are two major playing fields, or battlegrounds might be a more apt description. The first is our mind, and the second is our heart. Today we're dealing with the first, our minds. God has given us the knowledge and tools needed to succeed on both battlegrounds, but we've got to acquire the tools and knowledge if we're going to benefit from them. When I teach the healing journey, I make a provocative statement. You have 100% control of your mind. There is instant anarchy in the ranks when I do. We prefer to view ourselves as victims, as lacking power to control our thinking. But that's nonsense. Of course we have power to choose our thoughts. After all, it's our mind inside our body. If not us, then who? I mean, who else would it be? Now, I'm not saying we're always choosing to exercise the power and control we have. I'm also not saying that people and events don't influence our thinking. But I am saying when it comes to our mind, we are in charge. I'm also not saying it's easy to keep our thoughts where they belong. We have an enemy, Satan, who regularly tempts us to believe his lies and false ideas. He knows the critical role our mind plays. So his best attack upon us is to attempt to gain control of our minds. He can't have control, though, unless we give it to him. As I said, you alone have the final say. For this reason, you need discernment. Discernment comes from two things, God and Scripture. So pray for wisdom and discernment every day. Make James 1.5 your prayer. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. So pray this, Lord, I lack wisdom. Please give it to me liberally. That prayer comes with the promise. Did you hear it? It will be given to him. You pray it, you get it. So if you want discernment, you've got to ask for it. And then you have to read the Bible a lot. And here's why. Every minute of the day, we are bombarded with ideas and images seeking to influence us. We will not be able to win the battle often enough if we don't have something to counter these mental attacks. It's not enough to know the gist of the Bible. It's not enough to read what someone else says about Scripture. It's not enough to hear a 30-minute sermon once a week or listen to a couple podcasts. We have got to have our own eyes on it all the time. We can't even begin to win the battle against the world and Satan's lies if we can't recognize a lie. And how do you do that? Read the Bible. Many Christians ignore this most basic and essential tenet of our faith. No Bible, no chance. Scripture is the weapon that will defeat Satan's insidious lies. God's weapons aren't wimpy. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says in the NIV, 
For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. God's weapons are powerful. Scripture is a lot more than simply words on a page. The Word and Jesus are one and the same. When we read, receive, and believe the Word, we have the power of Jesus living in us and directing our lives. God's Word is the power to change us. It smashes to bits the evil and false ideas of the world. You might try to call me old school when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The best and most effective way to receive scripture is by holding the book in your lap and reading it. There's nothing wrong with having an electronic Bible available to you, but your daily reading will benefit you more if you're reading an actual Bible. You will be better able to remember where you read something. You'll have an easier time understanding the context. You will be able to go back and find verses you've read more easily, and you can underline the passages God spoke to you, and then see them again when you come back the next time. Electronic screens are not good for our brains. It's like eating a salad and washing it down with a soda. It's better if you just eat the salad. Don't damage your brain by doing your primary scripture reading on your device. Well, let's get more specific now about our thought life. Does God have a standard for what we should be thinking about? Yes, it's found in Philippians 4.8. The NIV says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I call this the Tenerpla verse because if you string the first letter of those six words together, true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, it spells Tenerpla, which of course doesn't spell anything, but it does help to remember the standard. So our minds should never be dwelling on hateful, evil things, but on things that are lovely and encouraging. Right off the bat, we eliminate judgment, gossip, and criticism. Judgment's ugly. It tears people down and discourages them. Grace encourages. Judgment does not. Noble is an interesting word. I don't hear that used much these days. What are noble thoughts? Thoughts that are moral, decent, polite, virtuous. That pretty much eliminates the news, doesn't it? To use another food metaphor, noble thoughts are like legumes, full of vitamins, minerals, protein, and good carbohydrates. Noble thoughts have value. They do good things. Admirable thoughts would be closely related, ideas that are worthwhile. The last two words of Philippians 4.8 expand on admirable thoughts, ones that are excellent and praiseworthy. This passage is not telling us we always need to have happy, pretty thoughts. The list includes true and right. The Bible is nothing except true and right, and it includes many things that are difficult and unpleasant. 
Sometimes truth is the hardest thing we'll ever hear. The world says a lot of ridiculous things in the name of thinking happy thoughts, things that have no truth in them. Here are a few. Don't worry, everything will work out fine. Oh, really? What planet have you been living on? Tell that to a parent who's lost a child. Just do what makes you happy. You know, I checked my concordance on that one. Couldn't find it anywhere in the Bible. Here's another one. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. Hmm. Wonder if Jesus got that memo. And another one. Don't work too hard because the main purpose of your life is to play. That's right. It's all about you. Satan and the world definitely agree on that one. If you are not regularly in God's truth, it is easy to get sucked into that type of false but happy thinking. Our minds have to be in the truth. Our thoughts must be right, otherwise they will lead us down pride pathway, the road most of the world is on. It's a battle to remain on trust trail, and much of that battle takes place in our minds. We must also keep in mind the connection between our heart and our mind, because it is strong. Our mind and heart have sort of a parent-child relationship, the mind being the parent. Our mind is the gatekeeper, the one with the authority to decide what does and does not get granted access. If we have a lazy mind, one that isn't discerning or diligently paying attention, harmful ideas will too easily sway our heart. Our heart easily betrays us, our feelings being undependable gauges. We can't live by our feelings alone. Proverbs 4.23 says in the NIV, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. We need to protect our heart from false and evil thinking. One of Satan's more effective attacks upon us is in the area of our identity. He never stops whispering lies like, No one loves you. Because you are unlovable. You're worthless. You'll never get it right. No one cares about you because you're such a mess up. Those thoughts are devastating to our heart. If they are allowed to intrude, it will cause our heart terrible damage. I wonder how many suicides are carried out because a mind does not stop lies like these from entering. Our minds need to stay alert and sharp. We've got to have scriptural ammunition ready and available when these attacks come. Things like 1 John 3.1 in the NIV. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should become children of God. In Jeremiah 31.3, the NIV says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. When we fight back with scriptures like these, we defeat the lies and live in the truth. I am lovable because God loves me. He sees value in me and cares about me. That's how battles are won. Here's another example. I'm leaving my spouse. I'm not happy anymore and haven't been for as long as I can remember. I deserve to be happy. It's my spouse's fault. They aren't meeting my needs the way I want them to. I just need to find someone else. How many marriages have been lost because someone went down that mental road? 
Satan uses that mental trap all the time. And what's the lie? It's all about me and making me happy. Destroying my marriage will make me feel better. Oh, really? I've been divorced. I've been on the other side of that lie, the one who was left, so the other could try a new model. Was anyone happy after that? No. There was devastation all around. What weapon can we pick up to fight that battle? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. No person will always meet our needs. Only God will do that. And when God meets our needs, we are truly content and satisfied. Sin never leads to happiness. That's the great lie of the enemy. Eat this apple and you will be like God. We must stop making mental inroads with false beliefs and lies. Every time we allow ourselves to think the same lie, the rut gets a little bit deeper. And after years of agreeing with the enemy, whenever the enemy attacks, we have a hole so deep, we easily fall into it. Don't allow those ruts to start. When we reinforce the false thinking, we are creating strongholds that are ridiculously hard to defeat. Nevertheless, they can be defeated. As 2 Corinthians 10 said, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. But we might need help from someone trained in one of the forms of intercessory or healing prayer methods to get full victory. If you've made an agreement with the enemy by accepting his lies, you've got to break that agreement. These thoughts and lies are not innocent. Our lives may hang in the balance. At the very least, our ability to live the life God created us for is at stake. Peter has a good word for us in chapter 2, verse 11, NIV. It says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Abstain from sinful desires. They are warring against our soul. Our soul is our heart, mind, and will. Our soul guides our life, our goals, our relationships. The battle here is for our soul, so let us take our thought life seriously. Why do we see the battle, the world battling for the minds of our children? Because the world knows. Control their minds, control their future. We need to fight for our own minds, but we also need to fight for the minds of the innocents, the children. The barrage of lies coming against children today are more threatening than I've ever seen. We may not be able to avoid the battle altogether, but we certainly can equip ourselves to fight. And if we do, we will win because nothing can defeat the truth. One of our greatest gifts in Christ is peace. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, and a peaceful mind. I highly value that gift. The more I experience this peace, the harder I fight to keep it. And my mind is the key. Let me leave you with Isaiah 26.3. The NIV says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. A steadfast mind is a peaceful mind. You have 100% control of your thoughts. So stop thinking like a victim and think like a warrior. All scripture is from the New King James Version unless otherwise stated.
Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today. Thank you.